difficult, so see these cows here, friend. Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another Live Across the Pond with my pontification partner, plus Andrew Henderson. Good afternoon, UK. Good morning, USA, and hi, Kelly. Hello, hi, Kelly. good morning. Sorry, yeah, Kelly, I was going to let here. Andrew get his exuberance out of the way and then welcome you as well. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> good morning, how are you? Fabulous. <laughs> good. Good, because that's what the theme has to be today. Happy stories, Trent. Happy I've gone stories. How about that? To bring happy and yeah. joyous to the uh to the show today fire away kelly bring us joyous oh well i haven't got that much joy but i'm not going to grumble today because christmas is a really difficult time of year as happy as it is um we do end up spending time with people that maybe don't fill up our cup maybe they are a drain and not a radiator so sending lots of um positive vibes for people that are going through that this christmas but I have picked up this book, which belonged to my husband's grand. It's called The Farmer Wants a Wife. It was published in 1966. And I uh, have gone through a few bits. There were about 12 contributors to it. And they have basically, it's come to my attention that everything is very much the same but different. So when they're talking about um, milking cows, they are talking about milking maybe 40 to 50 cows, but they are also talking about, um, they put some infrastructure in, which was a parlor, and that will keep them um, going in milk for a while because of the capital outlay, which is a conversation that is going on at the moment in terms of people putting in robots. So it is the same but different. Um, which I thought just brought me a lot of joy because it's quite nice to be in touch with the ancestral past of our industry. And obviously being female, this, sorry, I think I'm going to get blown away in my shed. Um, being the, um, from a female's perspective, I just thought it was absolutely beautiful, especially during this time of strife when we're worried and thinking we're the only ones going through this scary time of what's going on with agriculture. It's been going on for a very long time. So it's joy. Yeah. joy. It, 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 it's only magnified because we have instant communication. I mean, I was published in 1966, too. So that, that book is old as I am. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the reality is here we are, two, the two of you was... in the United Kingdom. I'm in Nebraska. Luke's in North Dakota. Yeah. And we have people watching us all around the world on in real time so i mean the only thing that's changed is the transfer of information even though like you mentioned the the size and scope may be different yeah. things never change they're always the same no and well quite quite ironically on uh, the page that talks about milking cows it says um not so much a living more a way of life perhaps that's what keeps them tied to a cow's tail seven days a week year in year out if the sheer drudgery and grudging financial reward one hears so much about what all there was to milking, there just wouldn't be anybody left to rattle the yoke. <laughs> well, on that note, you know, one that Trent wasn't born, he was published. That was unpublished. 
I'm going to stick with that now. I'm going to forever tell people I was published in 1966. <laughs> Do you know what, Trent? You were born on the year in the year that England won the World Cup of Soccer. How about that? Well, yeah, I knew that. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Time that. out. The last World <laughs> Cup of Soccer you have to celebrate is 1966. Not me. I'm Scottish, but Eng England, yes. He oh, I love how you're Scottish when you need to be. <laughs> oh, no, no. To be fair, Scotland have never won the World Cup, but England have. And so uh, we are reminded incessantly about their success against the Germans, I might add. 4-3 in the final minute um, in, uh, in 1966. They defeated the Germans once again since 1945 and that's the way the whole thing got played and perhaps it's ironic that was the great news story of the day it's something that the english have lived on for years even the farmers wives have lived on that but maybe we are near to another huge victory against those that seek to do us harm so that's a positive thing trent that's very positive england won and you were published you yeah. were published so yeah. kelly Back to farmer wants a wife. Did you grow up on a farm or did you marry into the farming society? No, I married into the farming society. Hmm. Yeah. So that makes that book even more interesting to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I always grew up in a rural area um, and I went to young farmers and that sort of thing. But I married my husband uh, 10 years ago now. Um, and you, it's, it is a way of life, isn't it? It's not just uh you do your job i'll do my job you you have to love it and you have to encompass all of it and speaking of which i had a face full of pungent bovine fecal matter this morning so it was a mad <laughs> rush <laughs> on my, <laughs> off my yeah. chin <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it really comes real when bovine fecal matter is real in, in a yes. dairy farm. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Kelly, so, what would your uh, uh, typical tradition for the Christmas day be or Christmas Eve? With the, uh, well, I assume it's no different than ours, but kind of walk us through that. Not. So we mix it up year on year, depending on what staff we've got. We either have our main Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. This year we're going for Christmas Day. We have enough staff so that we I can actually cook a meal and not feed carbs or milk although i will have to we, we milk three times a day so i will have <laughs> night milk this time um and my husband goes out it's i i'm not out every day of the week milking i will just fill in when i have to and christmas day is one day i will not be out before um the kids are up because obviously we want well, them at to... least you sound negotiable about that <laughs> yeah. I did ask the kids this year. I was like, "Are you old enough that mummy can go out and milk before we do presents?" And they're like, "Uh, no." Yeah. So <laughs> I will stay in the house until they are up, and then uh, generally we'll just watch a bit of telly or something in my room until my husband can come in, and then we come down the stairs. Father Christmas seals the bedroom door, the uh, living room door, so that um, nobody can sneak in before Daddy's home. And then we go in and do stockings and presents. Um, and we basically only have one meal the whole day and just eat canapes and drink champagne and stuff all day. 
<laughs> nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Huh? Well, <laughs> the thing that I wanted to kind of emphasize in that is that so many people for any holiday just obviously get the day off. But yeah. for those of us that take care of livestock, you have to either arrange for somebody to do that for you, which you talked about, or you still have to be a part of taking care of livestock in that given day. And I'm not whining about that. I, I just want to kind of emphasize that you don't just get to drink champagne all day without thinking about how to take care of those critters as well. <laughs> no, I will be milking after a belly full of champagne, I should imagine, uh, on Christmas night. So me and my husband will just do that. And then uh, the children have started helping us push cows at night. So the two boys will come and push cows ready to be milked. So we should get through it quite quickly as well. Of course, you could get those wow. robots you were talking about earlier, and then you could just monitor the milking from the house and the computer. Which would be fantastic when we have <laughs> this shutdown that we're going to have, according to predictive programming, isn't it? Yeah. But here, here's the thing. Where you can have the robots doing the milking, but you, somebody still has to feed the critters. It's not like they feed themselves. You can get robot feeders as well. I've seen, I've been yeah. to dairies that have those. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sold. We've had this conversation with our herdsmen today, sort of saying it's all well and good going robotic, but then you are going to have to find more skilled staff. And ultimately, we are not paid enough to pay a more skilled work workforce than what we already have. So they're going to have to be more technical and engineering minded. Whereas now to find somebody who wants to milk cows isn't that hard. It's not easy, but it's not that hard. But to find somebody who's trained in repairing a robot and all of the other technical issues that go with it, as well as computer programming, we're not going to find that sort of workforce, I don't think. So it's going to be more pressure on the actual farmer who has a vested interest in learning those new skills. Well, yeah. Kelly, I, I have one or two customers that have had robots for nearly 20 years. I think one of the um, myths is that you have to have a technically uh, able staff because there are contracts that you can get where the uh, manufacturer looks after the technical side. Actually, you do, in my opinion, you need better stockmen than you've ever had before because, yeah. Um, yeah, yes, the, the robot will tell you stuff, but um, it's also very visual now because you need to act on what's happening in the uh, uh, in the cubicles and where the houses where the cows are housed because you need to watch very carefully to see whether ailments and things are starting to arise. So it's it's a different type of stockmanship, but I can say that it does work very well if it's if it's managed properly. But there are certain farmers that could do it and certain farmers that certainly couldn't. That's my opinion of that. There's not one size that fits all when it comes to producing food. Everybody has to manage no. their own place and their own style. We'll be back with more Andrew Kelly Trent after this, live across the pond. Why is beef demonized and targeted right. right now? Because the beef producer is the last bastion of freedom and independence and saying, no, I'm not going to go with the government. I'm going to go my, by, by myself. Consequently, the beef producer has been targeted and you got to get rid of beef and eat insects.
Welcome to our energy future, where safety and progress work hand in hand. Carbon capture and storage has been safely used for 30 years. The technology has been further refined by UND's Energy and Environmental Research Center and is being applied by the state's coal industry. Advanced safety protocols ensure carbon capture and storage from the state's power plants is worry-free and safeguards communities and the environment. Safety isn't just a word to us. It's a promise to you and the generations to come. Learn more at coalandcapture.com. Hello and welcome to the MHA Interpretive Center. It's the perfect stop along the Lewis and Clark Trail and the cultural hub of the Mandan, Hidaadza, and Arikara Nation. Nestled along the shores of Lake Sagaguia in Newtown, North Dakota, one mile west of the Four Bears Casino. You can enjoy amphitheater performances, art exhibitions, and educational workshops utilizing our Living Cultural Center. Enjoy some coffee, browse our gift shop, and learn about the original people of this land. Learn more at mhanation.com slash interpretive center. Stop out to our facility, Highway 22 South, let us build a truck for you. Ace Flug Trailers of Dickinson is a family-owned dealer with expert staff that know their products front to back. We stock over 150 units of all types and can custom order a trailer with the unique features and capabilities you require for brands you can trust. Our experienced service team is the reason we're also the best place to have your trailer customized or repaired. Count on Base Flume Trailers of Dickinson to keep you hauling. I've spent the last quarter century of my life trying to connect food producers to food consumers, and there's a place that just does it naturally. The history and the tradition, more importantly, the culture of the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo in Denver, Colorado each year creates that opportunity. The culture is on display, and the nation's resource providers in Denver, Colorado, January 2024. Keep track of the details and schedule at nationalwestern.com. Folks, when it comes to crop protection, you need equipment and technology you can count on. The Apache Sprayer accomplishes all of that, but you need something else. A service counter and a group of people that'll help you when you need it. Simpson Farm Enterprises at simpsonfarm.com and High Plains Apache from Mandan they have the service, they have the equipment, all they need is your confidence. Online, simpsonfarm.com or highplainsapache.com. Look, so see these cows here, Chad. Welcome back. Trent Lewis alongside Andrew Henderson. Kelly joining us from, they're from the UK talking about Christmas traditions. Guys, I have to share this news bit before we get back to the good news. And I'm not going to label this as bad news. I just, I'm going to bring it as what we need to be aware of so that we can be a part of the solution. Daryl Peel, friend of mine, who's an ag econo economist from Oklahoma State University, has written some very interesting stuff today about the cow herd inventory. You know, we hear stories, and Andrew, yesterday you told us, I think it was Wales has to get, get rid of cows, Ireland's getting rid of cows, and Denmark is forced to get, or the Netherlands forced to get rid of the cows. 
I'm concerned at another level here in the U.S. that we're not going to have a mandate that we have to get rid of cows, but it is coming to the point where cows are hard to afford to keep. And Daryl ah, Peel well, has, yeah, Daryl Peel has indicated that the culling percentage for 2023 is going to be at 12.1 percent of the. Now, just to be clear, because the two of you are mentally th always thinking about dairy cows which, by the way, feed into the beef business, but I'm talking about strictly the beef cow business. Our cow herd inventory on January the 1st, 2024, is estimated to be the lowest it's been since 1961. And, They're winning, Chuck. And here's the problem, is that we have very good calf prices right now. So in the beef business, we sell calves when they're six seven months old or eight months old as a as a general rule and as much as you would like to keep those heifers back and and kelly and i are in the same position my kelly not you kelly uh and that we would love to keep more heifers and retain them but they're worth a good price right now and we have people waiting on cash so we, we i see a cycle that's really unprecedented in the beef business and it's something that we need to spend more time discussing and figure out how to get out of well it's the same worldwide in fact i'm about to that's a that is a good news story but it's also a very bad news story in the sense that unless we arrest that reduction in livestock we're going to very quickly become starved because also it, they're reporting in the UK that the um, fruit and vegetable industry is struggling to make ends meet to produce at the prices that the supermarkets want to sell at. So you're, would that, that's a double Andrew, whammy. Would that yeah. be because they're selling fruit and vegetable, well, vegetables in particular at this Christmas time for 15 pence a bag? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be. And it also, it tells you that they're controls. And so I want to talk about this good new story that sort of ties in with this uh, dr neil hudson who's an mp on the borders of england and scotland has um, announced that he would like to see a public food procurement loophole um closed and that is the loophole that allows uh companies in the public sector that buy food for schools and various other um public run authorities he wants to be able to stop them buying food that's outside the red tractor regulations. So that would stop any supermarket or any company from buying outside those regulations that our farmers have to meet. And I'm absolutely 100% for that because... I'm not. I'm, no, I know you're not. But I, you and I have always had a different opinion on that. Because at the end of the day, if we have regulations here that we put on our farmers, mm -hmm. then it, it, that's, as I agree with you, you will agree with me. The governments should not be putting regulations that are higher on our farmers than farmers from the rest of the world. So they either have it one way or the other. Because at the end, at the end of the day, those regulations are putting our farmers out of business trends. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't have it both ways. 
No, I don't want it both yeah. ways. Get the government out of the way. The government does not know what is best for animal care because I've been very familiar with the red tractor campaign for now 12 years. And all it does, it's yeah. much like California in a Proposition 2 and now Proposition 12 and all these other things. It's some government bureaucracy telling the farmer what they need to do, which at the end of the day only does one thing, increase the cost of production. And you cannot continue to increase the cost of production without passing that along to the consumer. And right now you see back to the point I started with beef prices at an increase of 28% retail for the calendar year 2023. We do not need government intervention to tell us you need to buy with this red tractor thing. You're just saying you're going to unnecessarily charge the consumer more money than they need to if you just let the I'm farmer not, pave the way. No, I'm saying that we should take away the regulations, actually. I'm not saying you're, you're wrong. I'm actually saying you're right. You're you're. We need those regulations to be the same for everybody, either no regulations or some regulations. Now, we agree. The way where, where, where you and I slightly disagree is I do believe that there needs to be some regulations because you don't want food to produce people to be selling horse meat as cow meat and things like that. That has to stop. And that got found out. So we, we Kelly just showed me a, a, a gammon steak and talked about it this morning that it said that the pork could come from the European Union and from outside the European Union. Well, what is it then? Because that, how but can yeah, you I've literally just pork? got that picture up, Andrew. So it's a it's a gammon joint, which was £13.12 for nearly three kilos. So four forty nine a kilo. And on the yeah. back, it says produced in the UK using EU and British pork. So where's it from? So where's it from? Because those are the things that when people start to look at the real true cost of food production, they need to understand that what is that? I mean, is that real meat? You have to ask questions. If it can say it can be from two countries at the same time, what what was the was the animal having one leg in Spain and the other leg in the UK? Come no, on, that, no, that, that's not what. That's not what leads to that. It, this is an intrusion where we think we have to have everything labeled. And I'll tell you what's happening. It's not a mix of the two countries, but they they can have they have no economic ability to segregate the system, and they buy live animals from both places. So they just put both countries on there, so that they got their their arses covered with what they're doing legally. But then That's in all the that UK, in in the UK, every animal has an air tag. Apart from chickens, every animal has an air tag, whether that's a sheep, yeah. a pig, or yeah. a cow. So we have to supply them with traceability right to the point of slaughter, but then they can't the say where that's come from. And that's a supermarket right. requirement. Yeah. You can't have a supermarket that tells farmers to do one thing and then buys on a different basis. They do that's it all the time. That They well, do it all the stop. time, and they will continue to do it if you think that intervention should be taking place. Yeah, they, they have no economic ability to keep the animals that are tagged from the UK separate from the animals that are tagged from Spain. I'm just using as an example. Economically, well, they, they cannot do that. Well, economically, they shouldn't be insisting on, on that traceability then. I agree, 100%. The traceability so nonsense is just that. It's nonsense. It doesn't improve the health of the animal. It doesn't improve the health of the or the quality of the food that's produced to the consumer. It's just a government regulation that nobody reaps a reward from. 
it didn't change the horse meat scandal. We still had horse meat no. in beef products at the point yeah. where we had um, bovine air tags. Yeah. Mm. The, so has that, uh, that has uh, not uh, been uh, an uh, issue uh, though since 2012, correct, Kelly? It's not been well, discovered. No, Who knows actually, if it's an issue or not? Uh, well, actually, there's there's another case a year ago, very very similar that happened. Uh, it wasn't in this case. It wasn't horse meat, but it was different types of meat being uh, uh, used for with a different description than it really should have had, and uh, that happened in one of the major supermarkets here in the UK. It's none of this has gone away. I'm with you, Trent, but there still has to be regulation on making sure that uh, we're not allowing people to use things on animals that give them a competitive advantage and make the food less safe. That has to stop. And it has happened in the past. And if it's not regulated to some extent, it will happen in the future. So, uh, okay, I'm not not proposing that you should put horse meat in a package labeled beef. I'm not saying that, nor would I ever say that. I never said it. But I never said you would, but but there are animals that are treated, there are animals that are treated with stuff that wouldn't be acceptable in the UK that is acceptable in the US. Oh Especially yeah, like hormones to... that would improve your overall efficiency no, and get you more food per pound of it. Uh... That's your, but that's your opinion. Yeah, your fertility no. in the United States and the fact that your life yeah. expectancy is dropping tells me an awful lot more than some of the things that you say. Because your your country's life expectancy is six years lower than ours now. I understand. So and look at what we trend. consume. Look at our girth, and it has nothing to do with the meat that they consume. I never said because it they're that. eating less. You're now well. Uh, if you're saying it's not because of the meat, I'm, not, I'm absolutely sure it's not because of the meat. But what I am saying is that there are stuff getting into your food that doesn't get into our food, and I'd rather it was kept that way. Thank you, because that that it doesn't matter whether it's meat, pork, chicken, corn. It's somewhere it's getting into your food and it's doing harm. It has to the be. food is not the, and the regulation the issue and a shortened yeah. life expectancy in the United States. It's personal well, choice that's your opinion. and lifestyle. That's opinion. No, it's not. No, that's 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 very well documented. I, In fact, Nina Tyson well, has I done a tremendous job documenting that. Okay. Well, let's let, let me let's go to some good news in America because this is this is what I think you're going to like. I've just read an article, um, and it was it was published in in the UK, and it was about the Pipeline Safety Trust. What do you know about your Pipeline Safety Trust, Trent? Uh, are you talking about FEMSA? Yes. Okay. I know quite a bit about it. What do you want to know? But you have a minute, so you better get to it. Well, they're kind of, oh. uh, they've drafted a, a report that says that there's no way that people can be discussing uh, putting hydrogen or carbon pipelines in there because as yet, there's no written regulatory uh, uh, that, okay, we're going to have to pick that up to tomorrow, Andrew. That's about two months old. Andrew Henderson, Kelly, Trent Luce, live across the pond, regaining control for the farmer. We'll see you tomorrow. Red Shirt Friday. Thanks, Kelly. Merry Christmas. Bye, At the Set Motors, we understand how difficult it can be finding your next new vehicle. You don't have to worry about paying premiums or market adjustments, as we are focused on building loyal long-term customers. 
Let us help you ease the purchase experience by walking you through the order process. Configure your next new vehicle your way with price protection. Need financing? We also work with several banks to get you the best rate available. At the Set Motors, we value your business. Let us show you how. At OLS Tubs, we focus on quality ingredients to create premium, low-consumption supplements that save producers time and money. Our customers see increased profits through better conception rates, heavier winning weights, and less time and money spent on doctoring herds. OLS formulas focus on highly bioavailable trace minerals and vitamins, as well as key ingredients to improve immune response, colostrum quality, and feed conversion. Our exclusive formula propels your livestock to their full genetic potential. This is why we confidently say OLS Tubs are simply the best. People get sick for two reasons and two reasons only. Your body's missing something that it needs or it's exposed to something that it doesn't need. So if you supplement what the body's missing, the body fixes itself. If you remove from the body toxins that are interfering with the body's doing what it's normally designed to do, then the body heals itself. It's really that simple. N-O-2-U, that's nitric oxide. N-O, number two, letter U, dot com. And you put Trenna's coupon code, you don't pay any shipping. In the heart of North Dakota lies a beautiful community to live, work, and play. Beulah is surrounded by nature and just minutes from Lake Sakakawea and all that it offers. The possibilities for fun and relaxation here are boundless. It's the perfect place to find a fulfilling career, epic adventures, and a welcoming community. Life here is legendary. Plan your visit today and see what you're missing. It's every American's right to bear arms. At Mandan Sporting Goods, we're here to help you support your Second Amendment rights, which reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Whether you're looking for a pistol for personal defense or collector gun, we have the staff to help you. We also have the area's largest inventory of ammo and reloading supplies. Mandan Sporting Goods, the area's local gun and ammo specialists.